good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 306 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion. Hi, Andy. Uh, hello, Flo. Nice to see you again. We are doing yet another edition. I just looked at my preview window um, in <laughs> Skype. Wow, I didn't. it's pretty dark in here, but whatever. It feels good. I'm sorry, Andy. We're not doing any light. Except no, for the but see that's the, what, what what listeners don't don't get is that uh, like her uh, Flo's background is lit in like purples and and reds and oranges, so it's actually quite like uh, a a really good like a Disney Plus uh, uh, series where the way that they would like light somebody's mm. like, a cool kids room. So mm. if I were a Disney Plus character, I think I would probably be the vampire duck from uh ducktales i feel like that would be my aesthetic not to mention the whole like lore thing i think i think in the nes game ducktales is a surprisingly deep lore that i don't think any of us realized Mm. like it's the there there i swear to god one day they're gonna come out and they're gonna be like uh, Scrooge McDuck is actually the Highlander, and then it's going to be just like this disgusting fanfic of just like Scrooge McDuck as this. Anyway, there see are... what happens when we do a night podcast. No, no, it's it's fine. I have I, I have a more of a Darkwing Duck aesthetic because I think that's a cool hat, and I do fancy double breasted. That theme uh, song was pretty was pretty aces too. So. You know. It was good. I, I wanted. I actually at the time. See, this is this is uh, uh, an embarrassing story about myself, and also uh, discloses my age. So I was on the comics and animation uh, subgroup on uh, on CompuServe, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the at then brand new Darkwing Duck, like the premiere. And mm-hmm. I said that I really like the theme song, but I just wish it were like more of an Aerosmith sort of a. Like, it could be like a harder, edgier sort of a thing. Uh, uh, it was a very Disney sort of daring duck of mystery. Yeah, I mean champion. Whereas course. it could have been Darren Duck of Mystery, champion of my. Ah! Uh, and I and I mentioned this, and of course the producer of the show like defended it kind of angrily, even though I didn't think I was being a jerk about it. I just simply said that I thought it should wow, have had like Andy, a harder. That is such an early internet edge. exactly story, exactly. and that and that's how I lost any po- any possible hope of ever writing for feature for for daily animation. Okay, well, well, it's okay, Andy. Listen, you're you're you and I culture are... goes all the way back to the '90s, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I was canceled by Disney. Okay, <laughs> television. Animation. Side note: You want to talk about cancel culture going all the way back? You can look up Coco Chanel because I unfortunately learned like the real dark history of our dear Coco. Okay, um, yeah. Moving on from that, though. Yes, I I do want to say, Andy, I love that you and I are both like secretly we wanted to be TV writers, but somehow <laughs> we ended up in like tech journalism. Oh, how for, did that happen? For me, for me, it was a lack of ambition, mostly. Or well, rather, for lack, me, it lack was, of ambition I was too scared TV. to leave. Like, I was too scared to leave the Bay Area and like <laughs> go to LA and do something. So now I just like live vicariously through <laughs> podcasters. Uh, hmm. I'm very, I'm very happy with the choices <laughs> I've made up to this point. Yes, me too. I am. I could too. be. See, I, I could. Uh, it's because I, I I feel as though I've if if I have if I have had life goals. 
for my chosen profession, I have achieved many of them and uh, and created new goals uh, to to chase in the remainder of my years. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's the possibility that that in that alternate reality where I did chase after just sort of a weird sort of thing, where hey, wouldn't it be nice to be riding Darkwing Duck? I would be one of those people who is lower middle management at the fringes of the entertainment business who takes it out on everybody who's like lower than 30 years old because I kind of hate the fact that they're still like excited about the entertainment business and they still have possibilities <laughs> whereas I never made it and I feel as though I was unfairly treated even though Andy I, totally I hate to interrupt you but I have to say that what that notion that you're referring to right now is very as the Gen Zers say chuggy chuggy <laughs> Can I can I say before before you continue? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that that sounds like the sort of thing that like a Gen Xer or even worse a boomer would like a a word that they would manufacture when they're talking about how silly like folks folks folks. Oh, and the kids are already talking about about their YouTubers and their chuggers and their yeah. uh, CNET wrote an article about it, which clearly it means it's a legit thing because CNET wrote about it. But in all seriousness, if they wrote about it, it means that it's like a big viral thing. And it is a thing right now on TikTok. Um, and it means something that's off trend. Okay. So when you'd refer to something chuggy, you'd be referring to something like um, outdated home goods, for instance. Live, Laugh, Love was an example that okay, I heard sorry. on a podcast I, th- I, I thought you were talking about like like hostness snowballs only like they expired like in 11 of 2009 but you're still thinking gee how badly could they have possibly expired it's, mm, it's you're thinking product. about like the really dark home goods places yeah. um anyway was 11 years ago, 12 years uh ago, that is a propos of completely nothing uh, i am going to go ahead and digress us into the next topic that's actually related yeah, I mean, to speak- what our podcast okay. is about speaking speaking of of cancel culture uh youtube is kind of into cancel culture in the sense that not in the fake ooh ooh I said I said horrible things and now people are holding me accountable for it, but as hey we are a faceless bureaucracy that's controlled and operates itself mostly by emotionless software, and so we can basically eradicate everybody's ability to do business on our platforms without any hope of ever possibly uh, escaping our faceless nameless decision yes i'm a little bit salty about this so uh, one of my favorite youtubers uh, his name is aqua his channel is aqua chig uh and it's one of those uh, with a name like aqua chig you know that this was a very very coldly calculated commercial uh sort of uh sort sort of channel uh, d- d- developed no it's, it's aqua chigger a-q-u-a-c-h-i-g-g-e-r uh, it must have been some nickname that he had like early on. He decided to name his channel that really fun channel and that he has a kind of like a really nice like Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers sort of vibe mm. where he lives in Maryland and he either goes out with his metal detector to just like look for like relics and look for. Which he named himself after some just very unfortunate looking creatures i just that's that's, that's why i'm going that's why i'm leaning towards like childhood nickname that he didn't choose himself but it became so much of a thing that but so so he, so he has a whole bunch of videos where either he's out, out with smell detector or he's out like mm. with uh like on uh, with his kayak on like rivers and streams all with and scuba gear and, and snorkel gear again looking for like 
Civil War bullets or just or old phones or old uh, or people who have like been in the swimming hole and are too drunk in their their inflatable tubes to realize they just lost their four hundred dollar Apple Watch, and it's really really cool. Some of their, some of his videos are like have gotten like twelve million three thirteen million hits because sometimes he comes back with just like armloads of phones and stuff. It's but again, it's a Bob Ross sort of thing. It's a very very uh, fun and light sort of thing to watch. Uh, but he uh, he <laughs> there was an uncharacteristically upset video that he dropped a few days ago because uh, YouTube was warning him that they were planning to terminate his YouTube channel uh, with which has um, 1.09 million subscribers on Friday this Friday as we're recording this because of he had abused the YouTube copyright takedown system and what had happened was so there this there you know that there are all these reaction channels out there where instead of generating new content what th- what some of these channel operators will do is that they will find a video that's really really popular and just simply like play it in their own channel and they're on a green screen say wow that was cool hey wow he totally f- found a phone wow he's he's been diving for a long time and it's uh, not okay, my whatever. favorite episodes exactly they're, they're, it's not theater. very nice so so here here's the comedy of errors where uh, so YouTube's automated systems identified that someone had uh, a, a channel with about six million subscribers had done one of these videos about one of his most popular videos, and said just an automated system just re- reached out to him said hey do you want us to like ask this person to take down the thing because we've matched it with your content and you're clearly the content creator and he said um, sure whatever yeah why don't you do that and I guess whoever it was. Uh, decided to say oh no no it's this is my content i don't know what this person's on about and then the next thing <laughs> aqua sugar knows is that he's getting a notice from youtube saying we're very we have we're, we're concerned that you're about abuse of the of your uh, power to ask for takedown notice unless you can absolutely uh, categorically document that you are the owner of this video we are, we, we we will be taking down your channel on friday xxx and apparently and apparently soon after there was a bit of outrage on the audience's part apparently this got sorted out but he was having a problem because he couldn't get youtube to understand that hey look i i posted my video for one thing many many months if not years before this reaction video i would think that that would establish that perhaps my video was created before he before this other person's was and if this is I'm, I'm singling this out because number one, again, it's one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels. And he was saying, look, even if they do, rest- even if they do restore me uh, later on, I'm thinking about just like not even continue on YouTube because this absolutely stinks. Uh, but also because it's such a common thing. Time and time again, you keep seeing videos from people who are saying people I subscribe to who say, well, this might be my last video because uh, it is a, a pianist. And she recorded, she she, uh, played like the Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata and she got like a copyright takedown notice because apparently some other, some YouTuber in Russia thinks that they own the Moonlight Sonata. Uh, Another one of my favorite YouTubers got a, got a strike or uh, got a notice because uh, they, he, a a rapper sampled some audio from one of his YouTube videos put it on into one of his pieces of music, released it on CD, and then the, his music publisher got a copyright match and strike against the origi- his original YouTube channel because, of course, that was the source of that audio. And it's just, it, it clicks into that, that trouble that I was having before where I remember that I have one of my, uh, one of my Gmail accounts just uh, 
struck down. Don't know. Don't know why they think that it was being used for legal activity. There, there was no sort of like appeals process and no way to contact someone to say, "Hey, look, could you figure out exactly what it was that this account could have possibly been used for?" No, it's just you're you're pounding your head against a bureaucracy that doesn't care. And when it's just one of like several Gmail accounts that I have just for like housekeeping purposes, that's no big deal. But when it's when you when you spent years and years developing. Uh, a, a YouTube channel with a, over a million subscribers and you're making a good chunk, if not your entire income off of it. It's kind of scary that they could simply tear down your, 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 your business front and not give you any possible way to challenge that or say, Hey, look, you shouldn't have done that. So boy, does that yeah. stink. Well, this, this stuff also happens to um, a friend of mine who's a vlogger, a tech vlogger. And her stuff is constantly like getting stolen. So it'll get like yeah. cribbed off of YouTube. And then some dude in the middle of nowhere will upload it with like his own voiceover, cut her out of all of it and just use her B-roll. And so it's like all of her hard work. Here's this woman who's trying to like establish herself on YouTube, have a channel and, yeah. you know, like <laughs> – is doing something that she loves and she's having her work stolen and YouTube is doing nothing to really help her out with that. It's, it's very difficult to get like the DMCA, um, takedown, uh, through it's very difficult to get anybody to sort of help you when you need it. And so I think it's interesting that you, uh, Google is really pushing, I mean, okay, obviously, yes, it's really pushing. This is the whole point of YouTube is that this is like user-generated content. But at some point, it's, man, it's got to be mold through like TV programming, especially when you're making this much money off of it. I don't know. That's just my, that's just my opinion because it's the people who are creators and trying to really contribute to the economy of YouTube, they're getting penalized. And then it's like, well, why would we do this? We'll go to some other creator-friendly platform, which they're going to come, Andy, because we're we're in the era of the creator right now, especially with like all these audio-only apps coming through and like these conversational, you know, cafe apps like Clubhouse and Stereo and all the whatnots that are coming through. Yeah. I think YouTube is also YouTube yeah. added memberships, uh, Patreon. They had to because so many, so many creators. Uh, Techmoan, that that channel I talked about earlier, also has said that. Well, look, I'm now making a lot more money off of Patreon than off of YouTube because uh, it's it's a it's a very very common thing. I think that a lot of the people, a lot of the creators who are entering YouTube nowadays, hoping to have the same sort of success that earlier creators have had, they're ignoring the they they don't understand the fact that. The reason why, like five or six years ago, these people became huge, huge monster successes with uh, YouTube channels that are supported by YouTube ads is because at that point, YouTube was desperate for content and they were making really, really huge like payouts for that reason. And then right. once they have all the, the audience <laughs> that they want, they can start to sort of you know weasel away at this. I had the same sort of thing happen. Uh, not, and I'm not complaining about it, but I'm just noting for comparison. Uh, like I used to, uh, when I when I created a, an Amazon Associates account, it was because I was I had like a for fun I was writing an advent musical advent calendar like all, every holiday season where I'd post like a different musical track and write about it every single day. And because at that time the only place where you could definitely 
uh, get 30 second clips of what you're talking about and definitely buy it is Amazon Music. So great. Right. Link to that. Uh, and I just put and I only joined the uh, associates system after the maybe the second year after realizing, oh, well, geez, maybe if I I'm I'm, I'm usually spending like 30 or 40 dollars uh, every time I every time I do this to buy new tracks and samplings. Well, if I, if I can make 10 or 20 bucks back, sure, that's that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. And when I got my when I got my first statement and it was thousands of dollars, I'm like, that was back then. And exactly. That was back then. And it was really great. Like the next couple of years. And I haven't really done less of it recently, but now it's like in the mid hundreds, like not it's it's, which is great. It's great (sighs) to be able to once again, every time that I get that, that seasonal, check it's always just for great so i get to buy this camera lens that i want or this fun thing that i i can't really justify buying just for my own amusement and now it's gone from like a the two thousand dollar camera lens of my dreams to oh so i can probably buy that 70 dollar jigsaw puzzle that i really liked <laughs> but that but that's that's the way things go and it's just goes to show that unless you find a way to make your own money establish your own audience and create your own business and not just be a customer of YouTube as a creator, customer of anything else as a creator, you're not going to be able to have a long life, uh, be able to support yourself this way. This feels like a really good moment for us to quickly plug our book club episode that's yes, coming up in of, June. S- speaking of supporting because, you. <laughs> mm-hmm, we are, uh, we're reading Your Computer is on Fire. It is published by MIT Press. If you are interested in reading along with us, we'll be doing the bonus members-only episode which you can find out more about at relay.fm slash membership if you'd like to find out about what that all entails. And so just something, just just a reminder that we're doing that. Yes, something to think about. We were, we're, we're, we're going to be recording another, uh, a separate uh, special episode for members uh, featuring a, recur- a returning guest that I think the people will be very, very mm-hmm. pleased with. We will, we, we've booked it. We haven't, but the, he's a big star. He might not. We want to make sure that he doesn't have a sudden conflict. International in star. Let's International yeah. star. International exactly. Star. On multi-level. He's not, uh-huh. imagine Elon Musk only take away all the really smug jerk cult of personality stuff yes. and the hundreds of billions of dollars. Yes. And, and Courtney Love uh, saying that you are great. Because Courtney Love today tweeted that Elon was great. I don't know. And These are just somebody, things somebody that somebody wants a free Tesla. Somebody <laughs> wants a free Tesla. <laughs> right. So she can <laughs> zoom away. Um, all right. Before we, I guess, get to I, I gotta ask you, Andy, have you done any noodling around the Google I.O. schedule? Because it's up this week. Yeah, I did I did check it out. And uh, I, I, you have to check, you have to really go through all these things because maybe there'll be some sort of a little bit of a slip when they're describing these things, because if they, if they're on the ball, it will be, uh, and, uh, uh, Google hard, Google hardware on this day from one to three o'clock, uh, new, uh, a, a, a discussion of supporting Google branded hardware within blah, blah, blah. And then after the keynote, uh, that, that that entire like uh, class, the name and description changes to how to get the new Google hoverboard API working so that your so that mm-hmm. your phone too will be able to levitate and carry out your your speaker's bidding. 
And so they didn't do anything quite like that. I thought that maybe the only, the only thing that was kind of close to that was description of Google TV when it was talking about, oh, and here's how to take advantage of the brand new uh, Google TV experience and interface. And that, that got me kind of excited and I kind of flagged it until I realized that, oh, well, they did actually overhaul the interface this year or just like very uh, recently. Yeah, so that's maybe that them. was part of it. Yeah. Right. Because last year, what had happened is when they announced that new Chromecast at Google TV, they had said that updates will be coming to, you know, other set-top box uh, makers who were doing Android TV. And uh, so it's kind of expected that they're going to use a developer conference to sort of reel in devs and say, hey, remember, like, you can add this bit of code and this bit of code to make sure your app is fully Android slash Google TV capable, whatever, um, which is great. I am very annoyed with the way that they are doing the whole Google I.O. schedule thing this year. You have to add everything individually to your uh, Google, your GCAL or your whatever you're using for your calendar. It's a little tedious, but I managed to get everything I needed on both my work calendar and my personal calendar. And it just looks like it's going to be a lot of us sitting at our desks and listening. <laughs> yep. So, fun, it's, fun, which fun. is no different, by the way, from the actual IO. It's just that at least the actual IO, I get sun, I get to like see people, I get to eat for free, exactly, and I get exercise. Um, I don't get any of those things. Vitamin, vitamin <laughs> D. <here. laughs> you get vitamin D by taking these things in person. Um, and yeah, so it is a hundred percent virtual uh, again this year. Actually, no, no, actually for the first time because remember last year they just bagged it entirely. Uh, so if you go to events.google.com/slash from. Sorry. Oh no! Keep going. I'm just talking about the world dying. Uh, it had it coming. Uh, so if you go to events.google.com slash IO, you can register, which makes you feel, I don't know, special. Just do it. Just, Just log on. Come with us. Because here's the thing. I'm going to have a lot of opinions about it. And if you listen to this podcast, like I've been going for years. I've been going since, let's say, I've been going since 2013. I have not missed a Google I.O. So, um, which thank you to those who... Yeah, thank you to my career for keeping me <laughs> here cuz this is this is an interesting place to be. It's a, it's, a, it's a good interesting spot, okay? It's good. It's it's interesting enough that I, uh, I we, we will be going to we will be going to our first break and start the show very soon, but uh yeah, I had I I'd actually uh, shortly after getting my second Pfizer shot I just, of course, even before circling on the calendar, I said, well, here's what, here's what like the first week in which I will be f uh, fully immunized or as, as, as immunized as it is possible to be protected against COVID-19. So well, I, I think I'll just take like a day trip to New York City because I want to, I want to see what it's like with the volume knob at right. six instead of like 10 or 11 as it usually is. And I just, and if that was, I realized that that was like post second shot euphoria. Because I do, I still, I still maintain that it's not an irresponsible thing for yourself or the health of others. If you have been, if you have had your second shot and you're th two or three weeks away from uh, your, your 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 second one, but I, after two or three days, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's probably more responsible not to like make yeah. a completely voluntary yeah. trip. And so I decided, okay, well, also that's Google I/O that week, and. I'll use that as an excuse instead. Instead of having to admit to the friend that I'd call, say, "Hey, you, you want to get together?" And this, I said, "I had to." I, instead of having to say, "I'm backing out because I realized that I probably made not the wisest choice," I could say, "Darn! Oh, Google I/O is that week. Oh, 
dang it. So I, I probably should stay, stay home that week and we'll, maybe we'll schedule it for June or sometime. Uh, so. Yeah. The post-vaccine euphoria is very similar to the euphoria that I had after, uh, maybe my third hit of fentanyl while I was in labor. Uh, oh, this is easy enough. I could probably do this again. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. let's put that in pencil, not in pen. We'll, We'll, we'll circle back on this decision yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's take a break. Yeah. So in today's show, uh, we're going to be asking the musical question, can Android tablets finally compete with the iPad by giving up entirely? Uh, the Roku slash YouTube kerfuffle ex- escalates into a rhubarb and Google jumps onto the WNBA when, uh, bandwagon. I almost said when when bagging, which actually would be an even more where actually we that is probably something we're going to be discussing. Is it a bandwagon or is it a when bagging? Because as always, when uh, when uh, very very positive sort of contributions to, uh, to to women's athletics comes up, one must cynically ask the question: Are they terribly interested in this, or are they really really interested in the PR? hint? I'm the cynic. <laughs> Again, so we, we're setting up that point counterpoint or point mostly on the same page as point. But we'll talk about that after this. This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. How did you choose which internet service provider to use? The sad thing is most of us have very little choice because ISPs have a lot of control in the regions they serve. They can then use this control to take advantage of customers. Data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and could sell that data to other companies. Or for advertising, I protect all of my devices with ExpressVPN, which means ISPs wouldn't be able to see my internet activity. So what is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your activity stays your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send could be tracked and used without your permission. That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to keep your information private. You just download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. I've actually been using ExpressVPN for a couple of years now. It's been really helpful to basically get me on the internet as if I'm in Romania, which is honestly really helpful just to access my accounts and things that are overseas. And of course, there's that coveted Netflix library of Romanian movies and TV shows that I don't get access to when I'm just here on my U.S. broadband. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other companies who want to profit from your information. Protect yourself with a VPN I trust to keep me private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash material. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash material. Get three months extra free. Go to expressvpn.com slash material right now to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Real AFM. Well, we've all been sort of struggling with the problem that Google seemed to be really cool and interested in the concept of having Android-based tablets. And they were certainly excited by the reaction that the world seemed to have to the iPad of this really super wonderful hot a thing that could compete with five, six, seven, even thousand dollar Windows notebooks. And well, let's see what kind of a big swing that Google was going to make at this. And it was comedic at best. It was. Oh my gosh, you guys are being so harsh. 
I am being harsh because I know. It's like, I know. I'm like it's like the worst. Uh, no, I know it's not the worst. It's just that no, it's not it's though. So, it's super smart though, Andy. It's actually very smart. We should probably tell them what we're talking about. Oh no, 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 no. Like, See, I, I am. I am saying that what they're doing is smart. I'm saying that previously the the entire idea of Android tablets has mm. been let's make these like really, really. Hey, the iPad's doing really well and it's, and it's uh, being marketed as a productivity machine. Let's do our own Android productivity machines, and they've been failing, failing, failing up to this point for a bunch of bad reasons. So it's possible though that Google has seen the light and they're moving towards the light and the light is not their usual go. moving a product towards the light which is to killing it off but it's a black trying light. to find it <laughs> find, it's find the black a, light a, helping them find a clean path. A a, a, a Spencer's Gifts black light poster that makes junior high school students feel edgy. Uh, so let's get to it. So they're announcing a brand new entertainment focused launcher for Android tablets. It's uh, called the entertainment space. And so really is like you, you, you wake up this tablet and suddenly instead of being uh, launched into the, uh, a homepage type of launcher, you're in the entertainment space and it's fundamentally uh, the same as the Google TV home screen. So it yes. presents uh, all your videos, games, streaming content, and books are all individual sections that you scroll down through. Uh, the sections are promoting content from across multiple apps, not just stuff that's directly installed on the device. As uh, Google TV does. Exactly. So it's just like it is just like Google TV. It's it's a mix of stuff that you got in progress, the stuff that you've bought and own. Uh, and I do want to add just by the way, just because I like had read through the whole press release for this, which was that this is supposed to be a uh, spinoff on Kidspace, which was something that they announced last year to lower end tablets to sort of like so you could make them into like a kid friendly right. content tablet. So instead of just kid only content, I guess they just re my guess is they just reformatted all that to make it like <laughs> just entertainment content. You could get the naughty stuff on that page too. I mean <laughs> Yes, but, that's but yeah, correct, it, Andy. It's, you can. <laughs> it's it's po- it's it could be a bummer because it it is just like in Google TV because not it's not just the stuff that you're actually reading or playing or, or watching, but it's also including you're going to throw in some stuff onto the entertainment space that the app wants to entice you into buying or streaming or trying. Uh, so it's going to be rolling out to the press release says, quote, new and select existing Android tablets from Lenovo, Sharp and more and quote later this year. But it's going to be debuting on Walmart's on tablets yes. later on this month. Uh, and They're I on, I, on O double N, the extra N is for unfair labor practices. So it's it's a good. It, I, I thought that was a good idea because mm-hmm. uh, if uh, oh good, Google, you agree with me? No, I I, I do. It's because uh, <laughs> the only th- Google either by their own lack of effort or just lack of effect. They've not convinced any serious Android developers into creating a real tablet tile tablet style experience for the productivity apps or anything else. Really, all they're doing is they managed to sort of twist their arms into maybe possibly considering making their phone apps available so that you tap a button and they will go full screen. But that's really not how you make a tablet app. So there's if every time that I've seen like a an expensive Android, uh, an Android tablet, even though, even the nice hardware made by Samsung, the, mm-hmm. the Galaxy Tab uh, things. Tab S. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're nice hardware, but they just 
don't justify five, six, seven, eight hundred dollar prices. The the only Android tablet I have ever liked has been uh, like the Nexus Seven. Uh, I think it was the Nexus R-I-P. Seven. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a nice. <laughs> it was like a too it was a too big a screen to be a phone but still small enough that if you just make a phone app bigger now suddenly you get more stuff to read suddenly you get a better movie experience and and all that good stuff i mean it seems as though all of uh, google's efforts towards that those sort of apps have gone towards chrome os and developing web apps and even which is google's- which is hilarious by the way because those same apps you're mentioning that don't have tablet interfaces are supposedly supposed to like work on the chrome interface which is really just a blown up tablet yeah <laughs> Uh, interface (laughs) one of the yeah one of the biggest surprises that i had when i started using chrome os was that no i don't actually want to install android apps even though that's a great feature because the web versions of these apps even the web versions of like google docs google sheets is far better to google's own provided uh uh, (sighs) android and tablet based apps so it's a it's a good uh, it's a really great idea for google to create stuff like the entertainment space and make that like the default launcher so that it might encourage hardware manufacturers to create more android based tablets that can undercut the ipad in price and convenience form factors uh like the amazon fire tablets have done while keeping its users still within the google ecosystem which is unlike the fire so you get the google play store you get access to your yeah you got yeah, the real YouTube the and all that stuff. That's the key. I really see just like this content play. I think now I'm starting to really understand. And now that I'm actually like talking and hanging out with people who use Apple products, um, <laughs> I'm starting to understand that what we're really at right now is a content war. And so this is the best way for Google to just go into the low end a uh, mid-range tablet market that exists. Like you go to Walmart, you buy a tablet for your kids, so your kid will just leave you alone for a little bit, okay? <laughs> and so what better way to do that, uh, what better way to get those little kids into your ecosystem than to like come reloaded, come preloaded on their tablets with all of like the content that they need. And the same thing goes for Google. Everything they have is like priced similarly to the way Amazon prices it, uh, you know, per profile kind of thing and the similar uh, similar to how apple prices it so that's the whole point of being a platform now is offering a content ecosystem to i guess make money off of i'd like to know what google's sales are in the play store for content um yeah that would be i'm very curious if all these efforts will pay off you see um, what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad they're doing something. It's like it's uh, well, they're leaning else... in so much into it with this whole interface. Like, yeah, it's every this it has whole tablet thing now. is yeah. Google TV. It's just in a tablet. Yeah, and 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 the Andro- the Amazon Fire tablets. It's a really good platform to try to rip off because I mean, I was going to say the carousel that the idea of that carousel uh, interface. I had said that to my editor. I was like, this is. This looks like the Fire HD UI. Yeah. Like you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and not only that, but the hardware. The the fact that they're able to do like hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar color tablets that are not just. I mean, oh, I, less I can than hundred dollars. I can go. Andy, I can go. To the, I can go forty to the, bucks. I can go to the drugstore and buy like a yes. less than hundred dollar tablet, but they're crap and they don't really work well. They don't play videos well. But you can well, read and, and you can watch TV on them, and that's that's maybe all you want to do, and it's like perfect. 
Right. And the big deal, however, is that instead of being mostly water soluble, which is what most of these drugstore tablets are, the fire tablets, they are they know that they're you're you're gonna buy this and put Fair. and put it in your kid's backpack and keep it there and they right. can drop it. They can do kids, it's not that they're irresponsible, it's that they there's they've just mastered object permanence. And so if they don't understand that if they dro- they can't drop the uh, their their tablet and their stuffed toy and expect They're both babies. of them to be working again. Uh, but to the, the ability to create a tablet like that that serves that market and does it in a maybe in a better way because I again I don't necessarily I don't think that it's a good idea to let any huge company Apple included but certainly Google included get its tendrils into tracking your kids in any way, shape, or form, even sure. under whatever restrictions they have to actually operate under. I do trust Google more than I trust Amazon. So Well, and the other thing is you mentioned like they're making tablets. Google's not making any of these tablets. Everybody else is making the tablets for them. Right. They're just pushing through a nice little software update, which is exactly what they've been doing with everything below uh below the hood. <laughs> car metaphors guys it's late it's been a day um but yeah but it's it's yeah. i hope that I, I would love to see that become a whole category of so uh, xda developers uh found a uh, a commercial blog post on uh, the chinese uh, weibo uh social media net uh from lenovo lenovo's official account teased mm-hmm. a brand new android tablet that maybe uh, it was thin on actual like bullet points of here's how wonderful this tablet is but it had re- it showed off only the only feature that it really needed to show off it shows it being connected to uh, a nintendo uh switch as an external display as an external hdmi display yeah, yeah and yeah, that is yeah, such yeah. a gr- that is such a great I want idea that that yes. is what i want like yes. that is what i need because that's all you're really buying is just buying a teeny tiny display at the end of the day it's just a tv the tv yeah. i have out in the family room costs as much as probably this tablet that's shown right here <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great idea. It's it's a value add. Like when I uh, when I bought my uh, my new iPad Pro, one of the things that sort of justified the expense was that it'll be nice when I'm when I am gone for an entire week. It would be nice that this tablet that I have for note taking, for uh, editing photos, for doing all these other things, it's it'll be nice that I can actually plug it in and use it as an external display for my MacBook. And so I'll have like this something closer to the comfortable productivity setup that I have when I'm at home at my desk. And so if you talk about if I were in the market for uh, like a new Kindle, let's say I've got I've got 100, 150 bucks, maybe even 200 dollars to spend on something that's just for I can read books while I'm like on the on the subway or whatever. The ability to have a color display that will also play movies, but also be able to attach it to. Uh, attach it to my laptop and use it as an external display or again, attach it to a game console and use it as an external display. That's a really great value add. It's a simple thing, but it is the sort of thing that makes you, it it redefines the Android tablet as uh, instead of here is something that is in the, (laughs) that is in the shape of an iPad, but is about 10% as useful to something that has its own identity as this is an entertainment tablet start to finish. And yes, you can get your email on it. Yes. Yes, you can run Instagram on it. Yes, you can even like use Google Docs on it. But we understand that if you wanted any of those things, you'd probably be buying a Chromebook or an iPad. We're creating something that's brand new here. That's a really good development potentially. Well, wow. so we're going to get back to uh, from excitement over the possible success finally of Android tablets to 
a Donnybrook, a full scale <laughs> Donnybrook uh, upgrade on uh, something a we talked about last also week. Also. In it's so much fun to watch other people fight. Even we we're talking as we speak just two nights ago, there was a massive hockey fight and okay. That, that fight went a little bit too far, but usually mm, a benches clearing brawl is fun to watch if it happens every now and then. And we've got one after this. This episode of material is brought to you at pictorial from relay FM. If you like the show, there's a good chance you'll like pictorial because we all love art in some form or another and learning the history behind the most influential art or the art behind video games, doesn't just belong in expensive classrooms or museums. So join hosts Quinn Rose and Betty Chen as they talk about the most interesting parts of art history. Now here's the catch. Neither of them went to art school, and they're breaking down the elitism surrounding beautiful art stories by sharing what they're learning about art every other Tuesday. Quinn is a podcast producer who is passionate about recognizing the artistry of both low and high art, and Betty is a building design manager who's also spent years guiding tours at the Art Gallery of Ontario. If you're interested in learning more about art with them, why not start with episode 26 on flag design in North America, or maybe episode 15? on the most famous stolen artifacts in the British Museum. I suggest that actually, for real, you go start out with that flag design podcast episode because it is very fascinating to think about like why the color yellow would be used on a flag and what it stands for. These are things you probably don't think about when you're just looking at your state's flag. You can find Pictorial to listen and learn yourself at relay.fm slash pictorial or search pictorial wherever you get your podcasts. So last week you heard us talk about how there is a a rhubarb between uh, Roku and YouTube that they that it was time for YouTube TV to renew their agreement to keep that that service on the Roku device and that apparently again a rhubarb had ensued as they were arguing over the terms of this agreement Roku was quite detailed and verbal about how uh, they're accusing YouTube of now where they're demanding a lot more, they're demanding preferential treatment over other streaming services. They're demanding all kinds of new access to to user data and where's, we simply won't have it, stamp foot, stamp foot. And YouTube responded by saying, yes, well, Roku does this sometimes when they're negotiating. We're very, very tired of it, frankly, but you know, that's that's the cost of doing business with oh, a company like Roku. they sent a full-on email to my inbox. It was like Roku? a friend of mine. No, you, sorry, you didn't get to the, I thought you were talking about YouTube. I'm so sorry. Okay. I ruined the drama of the whole narrative <laughs> by jumping ahead. That's okay. Uh, I'm really yeah. off tonight, y'all. I'm sore. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, but as we said, uh, the rhubarb has escalated into a full-scale Donnybrook. Uh, existing YouTube subscribers uh, can still access the service for, uh, via Roku right now, but they have there is no agreement in place, so you can't get a new subscription via Roku, and things could get worse. The thing that makes this worth talking about, though, is that YouTube decided to uh, post a blog post and go into a little bit more detail over the problems that they've been having. They right. said, I'll, the and they I'll, emailed me. And they sent out emails. And they like, emailed me. Yes, like a friend telling me all the gossip <laughs> about somebody who just totally wronged them. Yes. <laughs> this, would, this, would, this would be like a good, like, late 1950s, like, girl group song. Boom, mm. boom, 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 boom. 
Ooh, and then YouTube wanted user data. No, he didn't. Uh huh. Yes, he did. Oh, then he sent YouTube said they wanted me to include a transcoding chip that we couldn't afford. No, what he a swoop! No, Ooh. he didn't. Yes. So yes. Uh, from the but here's the here's what YouTube is saying. Uh, we've been working with you, Roku to renew our deal to distribute YouTube TV TV on their devices, despite our best efforts to come to an agreement mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. best straight interest tie, of our straightens tie <laughs> of our mutual users roku terminated terminated our deal in bad <laughs> faith and missed our negotiation unfortunately roku has often engaged in this tactic with other streaming providers mm-hmm, that's so dirty dirty roku <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Again, th- imagine three girls with beehive hairdos like waving their fingers, doom, left uh, uh, and right, uh, 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 wag left uh, uh, and right. Uh, so, th- but there we do get more information. They're saying that uh, all that they initially all they were asking from Roku is just to renew the current terms of their ongoing deal, uh, which has been in place for several years. The offer was simple and still stands: quote, renew the YouTube TV deal under the existing reasonable terms. Uh, however, Roku chose to use this as an opportunity to renegotiate a separate deal encompassing the YouTube main app, which does not expire until December. Uh, and they list a couple of other uh, other things that they were, Roku was asking for that they don't think was reasonable. Uh, one of the specific complaints that kind of stood out was that uh, Roku was uh, that uh, if you're going to if you're going to have YouTube and YouTube TV, there have to be certain technical requirements supported by the software or the hardware of the device. And Roku wanted an exception that they that YouTube said would break the YouTube experience uh, at issue. Uh, if you read between the lines. They were mentioning, oh, well, by not supporting open source video codecs. So uh, they, uh, YouTube is very much into the new AV1 codec, which is mm-hmm. uh, free for license use. It's, it's the, the future of, uh, of streaming okay. and that it supports sure. pretty much everything you want to support. Uh, third parties can use it without paying any money. That's why they're behind it. Uh, and the, the suggestion is that Roku doesn't want to support that. They want to support something else, and that would sort of break the service. And they final they 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 wind up this papal encyclical with quote We can't give Roku special treatment at the expense of users. To be clear, we have never, as they have alleged, made any requests to access user data or interfere with search results. This claim is baseless and false. That absolute that really leapt out at me because there's no wiggle room in there. That is all they all Roku has to do is produce one email in which they're in which in which Google is saying, hey, by the way, we want to have this. We want to be able to identify phone numbers of of subscribers and how much time they're spending on uh, on Netflix or whatever to suddenly there's no wiggle room for saying this claim is baseless and false. And that was the big stick that Roku was using against its users. Say, hey, look, this we're protecting you against this international right. data harvester. Right. And that's why Google, I think, really pushed back because they've been pushing back so much on this notion. Um, this, I mean, and it's it's justified, obviously. There's plenty of ways that we've justified these concerns. Um, but in this particular case, it was just like a really, really shove out of the way, like, stop it. Don't let Roku <laughs> jump on top of this narrative and tell you this, this, and this about us. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the codec because it makes me think um, about how Roku must be seen to some of these other players because Google, Facebook, like a lot of big names are behind that codec. So yeah. 
That's interesting. Also, also Roku has had one hell of a year. There, it's one of it's one of the many companies, tech companies that you could say definitely benefited from the pandemic. Their profits are way up. Their market share is way up. I've seen a couple of different different analysts say that they. Um, I'm talking about business reporters who follow the streaming business yes, exclusively, yes. who have said that they suspect that this is Roku trying to flex their muscles and saying, "Look, mm-hmm. we don't. We're we're a bit. We're now a big player. We can make demands and." Uh, if they want to access to our platform, they're just going to have to kowtow to them. So it's it would be weird to, I, I, which is if you think about it, that's kind of like the biggest gift they could possibly give Google in a in a in a period in which they're being under they're under such intense scrutiny as being oh they're this huge tech titan that they swagger and they can't be stopped or controlled. They could say yes, but we're being beaten up by Roku that doesn't want to license this, and we, what can we do because Chromecast is just a mere tiny fraction of the market of Roku and if you want and again this 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 is probably also one of the reasons why Google is slamming back so hard is that they absolutely don't need this crap not in 2021 they don't need they've got enough problems defending themselves themselves against legitimate complaints that they keep I was trying to say steal too they're much just like they're like y'all need to just get off our backs cuz we <laughs> there's other reasons you're really pissed at us that we're still working through so and which is fair so I I can sympathize with that not sure i could empathize Uh, with it but i can sympathize i guess and now jim if we have if we have uh licensing licensing uh, funds available we should play out with sympathy for the devil as we go into our next break and if and listeners if we if you don't hear uh, the master tapes of sympathy for the devil you'll know that again we just don't have the money to license that music but you know the feeling was there Woo woo! So, I, I, we don't owe anybody anything. That's just a guy saying woo woo woo. woo. Yeah, it's, it's not just, woo woo. Two, you know, just two syllables could go, could go to anything. I, I could be pretending to be a steam engine. Woo woo! <laughs> woo, woo. Chugga 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 choo choo. Uh, shall right. we talk? Shall we talk basketball? Let's let's yeah. let's let's turn this into the sports podcast that we've Quite always pivot, intended it to be. But yes. <laughs> If you want to turn this into a sports podcast, then we're immediately going to get the explicit label because I'm going to start cursing and talking about boobs. I'm telling you, when when, when Rodman started talking trash about Larry Bird, you know that Bird is just not going to deal with that. And that's the wrong attitude before like a home game of all things, a home game game against the Pistons. I mean, you know that he was going to like run up some serious numbers. Anyway. <clears throat> That's that's all I can. That's that's the only sports rap that I know how to say. It's the fact that it's a Boston related and b related to when the Celtics were like a dominant species in Boston. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but the WNBA <laughs> is pretty cool too, and they've just uh, entered into a multi-year partnership with Google. A couple of very very proud press releases on both sides. Uh, Google has joined companies such as Nike and AT and T as part of the WNBA's ChangeMakers platform that they established last year. Uh, ChangeMakers encourages deep-pocketed companies to support women's professional athletics, specifically the WNBA. Deep-pocketed. Deep-pocketed, yes. Uh, which is which is ironic, considering that one of the unfair treatment of uh, of women in the countries that is that her pockets are pockets. really shallow. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I mean. Anyway. Give us pockets, damn it. Yes. 
Uh, so just to going over the highlights here, according to the WNBA press release, the multi, there are a lot of bits to this multi-year commitment. It means yes. that Google is committing to helping women's basketball and sports by developing innovative marketing activations. You can tell I'm quoting a press release here. <laughs> I don't know what innovative marketing activations means. And I'm uh, doing the robot, but just by the way, in case you want me to lay it out for you. <laughs> Uh, robust storytelling and enhanced Google product experiences. Uh, they're also contributing. This is actually very nice. Their uh, WNBA has their 25 for 25 program. It's, this is the 25th anniversary season and 25 regular season games will be on ESPN networks and ABC uh, for the 25th, 25th season. And that's partially being supported by Google. They're also becoming the associate sponsor of ESPN's 30 for 30 and ESPN film series and sponsor of the ESPN W summit in New York city and the official trends and fan insights partners, partner of the WNBA and the presenting partner of the WNBA playoffs. So congratulations. You are now <laughs> congratulations, WNBA ticket holders and fans. You are now going to be tracked just as ruthlessly and relentlessly as any fan of the NBA. Well, <laughs> the men's NBA. That's, that's one way to look at it. I, so I had sort of like dropped this link off to Andy and um, I've been feeling, you know, I, I've been feeling really cynical lately for a lot of justified reasons. Yeah, I'm a woman in America, first of all, which you can you imagine. That's a, is that's a good one. Just that's one level. I mean, there's other people who are dealing with, you know, different, vast, worse. Anyway, that's we're not here to say that. What we are here to say is that I find all of this a very interesting move, considering all that we've been talking about with the way Google has been treating um, folks, women, women of color. And so the cynic in me just, you know, I think this is a great, obviously, marketing play for Google. This is akin to having their phones and Chromebooks being used, you know, in popular TV shows. Um, that's it's all really good marketing. And this is a thing with ESPN, which is owned by Disney. So you can imagine like this is Google just further solidifying that like handshake, which is great. Right. They want you to know Google as like the family brand. And so it's kind of like getting in there, but there's always a little dark side of things, which is the stuff that they're dealing with internally and how sometimes we see these press releases and those of us who are in the business of covering this stuff just can't help but think about the 15 other things we read before we saw this press release (laughs) about what's going on. So just want to, you know, it's cool. That's it's a cool thing, and yeah. it's a, and you know it's not for nothing because the WNBA, as it is, like women's sports are severely undervalued. Women athletes are severely underpaid compared to male athletes. The sponsorships are you know null, and so. But that's also why the cynic in me comes out of like, well, of course you want to show yourself as a heralder of the, you know, yeah. the underdogs. Um, it's really writing a check is really easy. It's the it easiest is. thing in the world to do. And you're right. It's, it's not for nothing. Uh, the WNBA can use as much support as it can get from uh, like that sports caster uh, bit that you were doing before we did this. Like, do they, I, I feel like that's very hard to find that with regards to women's sports, you know, yeah. even though we, we play sports the same way. Dang it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it's, it's a fact that I can probably, I can probably, uh, uh, I, I can probably name about five 
uh, women's athletes and two of them are the Williams sisters. And that's a, that's a problem. You know what? I'm in the same vein and I am. Yeah. So, you know, guys, it's just the way the cookie crumbles in this world. We just got to remember everything is, there's a, a yin and yang to everything. And I'm not using that in the like 90s appropriate like way. I'm literally trying to refer to the idea of the yin and yang, the balance of the anyway. The idea of a, a, the, the idea of a, a contrary, if not opposing forces. That Precisely. Uh, yeah, the way the, that magnets sort of like, you know. <laughs> there's a North Pole. There's a South Pole. There's just mm-hmm. like there's every every I forget where I came. I forget where I came across. This, every rose has its thorn. <laughs> Thanks Please for coming don't to prom. charge us for singing that <laughs> on the podcast. No, I didn't. I didn't go to my prom, so I don't. I, 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 I'm guessing that was like one of the last three songs to be played. I didn't go to my senior prom, and Closing I don't regret time. it. Yes. But I am gonna live vicariously through my child when and and just like really <laughs> push push her to go because. <laughs> Well, you know, you got to fly, you got to fly your own flag. I actually, when I say I, I didn't actually go to my prom, however, uh, I and like a half dozen friends, uh, men, uh, boys and girls, we got dressed up really, really nicely. We went out to a very, very nice dinner and then we all went miniature golfing together. So we, we marked the, given, given like none of us were like dating anybody, and like, but but, but it's, let's let's have a good time. There's no why why I think we I think the basic argument was that we could either spend sixty five dollars a piece on tickets right. to the prom, or we could use like that sixty five dollars as a budget for going out and having a nice time, like on our own. I love so, that. I nice. love that. I skip prom to go to the beach with my boyfriend. That's so not a bad choice. That. It, no, um, boy, 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 boy. Hey, uh, before we kind of say our closing act, um, it's my birthday this weekend. Yay! So my birthday's on Mother's Day this year. So now, don't don't let them like cheat out by giving you like one present that's supposed to be like for everything. I know my poor Capricorns in my life who are born around Christmas are like they have it the worst and. <laughs> I completely understand what that's like, but that it, it's okay. I just, I guess I just wanted to let everybody know that you am ha- hoping for a good weekend. And so I want to hope everybody else has a good weekend too. It should, it should be a pretty good one. I'm, I, I think that we're, I think that we've got things to look forward to. I mean, if, if take some of that vaccine euphoria, like don't necessarily go out without a mask everywhere. Like definitely oh no, still, still be vigilant. Yep. Still, still but, go out with a mask everywhere. But use that euphoria to remind yourself that we're still here, we're still breathing, and there is pollen to be inhaled. (laughs) (laughs) Bless Uh, us all. (laughs) Yes, there, there, there are there, there are things to look forward to every everywhere we go. There are at some point they'll start making good movies again. There's uh, if before and until then, there's going to be a lot of really bad movies that distributors have been sitting on that they're going to release we know the world is back to you know it's it's rhythm because you have to have <laughs> again the yin and the yang handy you have to yep. have the bad with the good 
the black I, with well, the white. I, again, the, that's that's why it's it's sometimes good to think not in terms of bad or good, but I, I, as I was about to say, that there's I don't know where I came across this years ago, but it's like there's every coin has a heads and a tails. There's the, the one will define the other, and you can't have one without the other, and so. Sometimes that helps me out to realize, oh, these are not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. These are simply part of these are fused together in a way that is makes either one uh, impossible without the other. The human uh, experience. Yes. So, uh, so what, what do you got to coming up next week? More stuff on Gizmodo, of course. <laughs> yes, I mean I'm writing for Gizmodo.com pretty much every day. I'm a staff writer over there. I'm working on a bunch of reviews right now. Um, there's a, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out this summer from me. So you can follow me also at FlorenceLion.com. I'm going to update my site soon. Remember, you can always go there and um, on the social media channels. That's about. On the socials, oh, yeah, oh, the socials. but let's let's not let's not walk away from uh, Mother's Day yet. We'll, we'll we'll get the report next week. But um, breakfast in bed, yes or no? Yes, I'm actually we're. Uh, I'll I'll tell you next week what okay. we're doing because it's. I will share it with you all because I think it'll be a good weekend. There you go. Okay, we'll, yes. we'll 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 look forward to that next week. Okay. Um, as usual, uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I am on the radio on Boston's mm-hmm. NPR station, WGBH. Go to WGBHnews.org. I'm on Friday at 1 p.m., so you can listen to that live or later. As usual, you can go to Anatko on Instagram, Anatko on Twitter to check out what's going on. Uh, things and things, uh, synaptic misfirings that I thought worthy of sharing with the rest of the world for some reason uh and as always go to relay.fm slash material to offer us some feedback on this show let us know if you uh want to share this question or this observation with the world if not if it's just with us that's fine too you can also again sign up for memberships we do appreciate that we got a couple of really good uh member only specials that are coming up Mm -hmm. one of which we're recording on monday and again i think that fans of this show are going to enjoy it a lot uh but whether you're a member or not we really really appreciate your listening to us week after week if this is your first week we hope we encouraged you to tune in again next time uh until then everybody have a really really safe healthy wonderful and happy seven days bye-bye bye